and you take your seat. Hallelujah. You know, I had a burden that I shared with the Wisdom Fellowship at the last August meeting. That is for the 60 and above. And here we have people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And if you always come around and see these 60 people and above and the way they are serving God, their commitment to God, the hearts that they have for God, and the way they are consumed by this God, the burden I had and I still have is that what is the guarantee that this burden the way we are serving God the way they are serving God can be truly carried on to our children and our children's children and down the line is it because if the way we are serving God and we know God, if even our children, don't even talk about grandchildren, can't serve the God and know the God that we are serving, they would have failed. We have a God of Abraham. We have a God of Isaac. We say it. God of Jacob. What I want to find, what somebody say about us, the God of my credit, will your grandchildren see our grandfather serve a certain living God? Our great grandchildren will say there was a certain God that our great grandfather served and lived for him. So we too, because of the blessings that came through our great-grandfather for serving that God, we too, in our generation, will serve this living God. If that doesn't happen, we would have failed. We would have failed. And let's all think about it. What legacy, what heritage? And this morning I'm talking about godly heritage. What heritage are we leaving behind for our children? Children's children, when we are gone. It's because when you read the book of Matthew, it talks about 44 generations. He said, 44 Genesis after Abraham, there was still a living God. That people along the line said, through that we are Christ. You and I, is there any system that through us, God will have a certain dimension of him. 
that will live on in ten generations. Well, until Christ comes, I don't know when you don't know when, 40 generations along our family line will they serve God. Let's all begin to ask ourselves if down the line people after us won't serve God the way we are serving God would have failed would have disappointed God and for me that is a burden that is a burden it's not the wills and the inheritance we are leaving behind sometimes we leave the wills and they even fight over them the property scatter <laughs> they can't even put them together or we might not be able to leave any worldly, earthly, material inheritance. But if they know God, they will survive. If they know God, they will experience the mercy of the Almighty God. If they know God, they will have the blessings of the Lord. If they know God that we know, and we have a certain covenant relationship with God, and that covenant is everlasting, it shall pass through our children. But if we miss that, if we miss that, we we'll have failed God. Don't let it be said that somebody will pass by this building and say that my great-grandfather used to worship here and he is walking along the streets. That is happening in Europe and other places now. There are nice buildings in every suburb. There's a building, a church building, there's a cemetery, everything, full package. But the churches are empty and the children are passing by. All they can say is that our great father used to worship here. Why, why not they themselves? What kind of God did we show to them? In the age of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, there were even no Bibles. Today, I'm sure in our studies, there are various translations of Bibles. But our children and grandchildren don't know God. Something is missing. Something is missing. God is out of our lives. They can even memorize the scriptures, but they don't know God. And for me, that is the burden on my heart. What heritage are we living? What godly heritage? And we'll all pass on. If God shows us mercy and we make it, whilst we are there, have you thought of it? Are your children coming? Are your grandchildren coming? Are your great-grandchildren coming? Are they following your footsteps to be with you in paradise? Have you thought about that? And here, don't be looking for an evangelist from outside to come and do that ministration. That is why the Lord gave us the heart to know Him. If you and I know Christ, this is our time. To let the children know that there is a God. This God is living. And they must know him and experience him.
then your family line, my family line will know God. You know, one of the beautiful scriptures I like in the Bible is when God called Noah and his wife and his entire children into the ark. For every man, if that priesthood cannot be exercised and we cannot enter, I think the Genesis 71 or so, if we cannot enter with our wives and children and grandchildren, when the ark is shut, because we didn't know God and passed it down. And the Lord said to Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have seen righteous before me in this generation. In his time, the entire family went at the same time because of the different dispensation. In our time, we may go at different times. But the important thing is, when there is that gathering of God, when Christ has come, and God has come to live, to dwell with his people, and you look around, cast your eyes around, would you find your wife or husband? Would you find your children? Would you find the grandson who haven't been named after you? That is a burden. That for me is a burden. So this morning, it's about godly heritage. And we must come to the point where people who know this God, no matter where they are, once they are coming from us, whether they are teenagers, whether in their middle ages, so long as they are passing through us, this God, they should know Him. And I'll be standing on First Samuel chapter 17. Later you might read the entire chapter of 58 verses. But I'll try and pick a few this morning. You know about the story of the Philistines and the people of Israel. There will always be a gathering against us. You know, this life, there's a contention over our lives at whatever stage. And that contention over our lives we can only walk in victory when this living God we know him and is on our side. That is the only way we can walk in victory. Choose whether you like it or not. The battle will be sent to you. But you will survive if this living God is on your side. If you have lived with this living God and know him and have experienced him, the battles will come, but you will say through, you will prevail. So the Philistines and the Israelites, Goliath was boasting. And many people will boast. A lot of Philistines will rise up against us in many situations. 
difficult economic situations, social situations, will rise up against us. The Philistines of our day, they will rise up against us in battle. But it will take those who know God to do exploits. So this young boy, David, 17 or teenager, all he does is to watch over sheep. But in that environment, he knew the living God. So in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, when all those encounters have been going on, and this young man went, Father had sent him to send some stuff to the brothers and see how the battle was going. He saw a certain situation. And what did he see? There's a battle raging. In that battle, how do you confront it? When this young man, 17 year old, saw the scene, the old men were panicking. Old men were fainting. And David spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. There are a number of reproaches people are going through. But we don't even know how. But for this young man, he said, this reproach. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Is that the way we even confront our reproaches? That he defies the army of the living God. You know, we make people mock our God. Because we ourselves, we don't know God. But thank God for this young man. When he saw that scene, he said, what is this man doing? An uncircumcised Philistine. And he's defying us. Defying believers. Sometimes even believers, we can't stand on our feet. The unbelievers, they defy us and our God because we have allowed it. But thanks to this young man, who had had experience of God in the wilderness, said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine defying the army of the living God? Can you boast about your God? In every situation, can we boast about this God or we are even ashamed of Him? Many are ashamed of the God. We don't even want people to Know that we know God. We are identified with Christ. It's as if it's a shame. Because they will call you Krifi. And you think it's derogatory. But that is what we see us through. So in the verse 32. Let's move to the verse 32. Because of his experience with God, not with mere scriptures, but with God, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Many of us, our hearts are failing 
the slightest problem, the slightest encounter, we forget that there is God. But this young man said, let no man's heart. This was a boy telling men that they shouldn't let their hearts fill them. Come to think about it. The boy tells men, men are we here? <laughs> he said, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. That is the boy who had an experience with God and he knew God. Verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. You know, if we begin to let our children, these teenagers, know God, let no one call them a youth. In that youthful state, as we call them, if they know God, they can stand on their feet. They will stand on their feet. They will be unshakable. Today, what do we see? Let them live here a few years. Just from Cantonment to Legon. By the time they are back, they turn into something else. Because they didn't know God. All the occult things that are going up. If the children know God from home, when they are going to here, just here in Legon, will not be scared that they will be influenced by any ungodliness. But as parents, we are always scared because we ourselves, we are not standing well for God. So they don't even know God. So when they are left alone, every pressure that comes, prevails over them. But this young man said, I am not an ordinary youth. I may look like a youth, but what I have inside me, what I have inside me, is not for a youth. And that is what Joseph did. In the house of Potiphar, he knew that sin is not against man, but against God. Sin is against God, not ordinary man. You might think you are sinning against man. But I say, I won't sin and do any wickedness against God. When you know that when you are sinning, it's against God. You even be careful. That's why even Joseph, David, Daniel, in faraway Babylon, he said he would not defile himself because he knew God. If our children know God, whether it is 10 minutes away or 10 kilometers away from us, they will stand for this God. And whatever situation confronts them, they will know that there is a living God. That from home, my father knows God. My father fears God. God has touched my father. My father has an experience with God. My father has experienced the blessings of God. And this God I'll know how to walk with him. In verse 34, And David said to Saul, 
And here he recounts his experience. And David said to Saul, When thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock, verse 35, and I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of its mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. The verse 36. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Seeing he have defied the armies of the living God. Seventeen-year-old boy. In the wilderness, in the bush, he had an encounter with God. He knew God. So he overcame by the power of God. He overcame because he had God with him. And that is how we should live. And let our children and children know there is a living God. And that living God, He lives. He goes ahead of us. And if you dare defy His name, this God will rise up. What are our own experiences? Even where we find ourselves. Unbelievers, they do all manner of things against us. And we are sitting down. Because we are saying we don't carry anything. We can even quote the scripture. First John 4, 4. The one who is in us is greater than the one out there in the world. But the one out there in the world backs. And you are shaking. Where is your God? But this teenager says, is it a lion? I will face it. Tiger, I will face it. Whatever animal, he will face it. The reason being that it was not his own strength, but he knew he was backed by the Almighty God. This God is still the same. He hasn't changed. Why is he not backing us? Are we able to call on that same God? So in the verse 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me, I hope you are catching it, the Lord that delivered me out of the power of the lion, out of the power of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. That should be our message. If you and I have a testimony, whatever comes our way, we have a testimony. We say, the God that delivered me out of that situation, I'm leaning on that God. He will deliver me. He will deliver you. He will deliver your children. He will deliver your grandchildren. And Saul said unto David, Go 
and the Lord be with thee. And that is all. The Lord be with thee. Brethren, if we have the Lord with us, nothing will overcome. I'm sure for most of you, when you are asked to do your SWOT analysis and your strength, you don't even remember that there is a God who is with you. <laughs> because even if you put it on the paper, they say, what are you doing? Oh, you're too known. But it is this God with you that makes the difference. It is not that strength that you think you have. But we are ashamed of this God. But Saul said, the Lord be with you. Can we pass on this godly heritage to our children? That as they go to school, as they have certain experience, increasingly they will see the hand of God in their lives. And then when you say as a father, the Lord go with you, it's not just an, a mere rhetoric, but he knows that there is a God who will go with him. Hallelujah. Verse 38, And Saul armed David with his armor and put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David gathered his sword upon his armor. And he has way to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto him, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. He said, I cannot go with this. I cannot go with this, for I have not proved this. What David had proved is the God he knew. It is not the ammo. It is not the brass. It is not that one. That doesn't make the difference. What he had proved was the God that he served, who has stood with him. That one, David will go with him. But of all those brass and the things, it won't make any difference. In whom have we put our trust? Is it in men? Is it in chariots or in the almighty God? This young boy knew God. In the verse 40. And he took off his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. When others are secured in their military attire, you take stones. But when God is with you, His presence is all that you need. Your trust in Him, your faith, the Father God can do it, is what you need. And in the sight of God, it is the five smooth stones that will make the difference. Sometimes we put all our trust in the outward. We weigh the outward. 
and forget about God. But for her family to leave that godly heritage, it is not in the spears and armor. And the verse 41, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bore the shield went before him. Verse 42, And when the Philistine looked about David, looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and rowdy and of a fair countenance. That is all that he saw about him. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with stars? And the Philistine even cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Let's stay there. The verse 45. You come to me in the verse 45 again. You come to me with a sword. It is not even the brand. It is not the brand of the sword or which country it is even coming from. No matter the latest technology. But there is no brand, no security equipment that can match the name of the Most High God. So he said, I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. And with that name, everything will bow. That name. Sometimes we put our faith in brands. But what you and I need is a name. The name of the Almighty God. That name is above every brand. Every equipment. So in the verse 46... This day, and this young man was confident because he knew the power behind him. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thy head from, thy, from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Let the people around us know that we serve a living God. Let the people know that in your family you serve a living God. Let the people know, even in your office, let them know that this gentleman, he serves a God. And when the children know that, tomorrow they will know our father serves a God. Our father kept on talking about a God. In every situation, every difficult situation, our father spoke about God. Today, what do we see? Right from their youth, even some parents indulge in buying examination papers. 
Because we have what? Money. It comes to placement. We are using money to get placement. It comes to the job. We are using money. So the young man grows up. All he knows is what? Money. If it is money, he will save mormon. It means you would have taken God out of his life. Can we go on our knees in difficult situations and say, Son, let's look up to God. Can that be done? Then through that experience, the children will know our father talks about God. You might be the first generation Christian, but we have a responsibility to leave a mark. Paul spoke about Timothy. He said, your mother, your grandmother, I know the faith they carry. What will be said about us? What is our testimony? Can we live a godly heritage? If that can be done, then when we are gone, and we've joined a cloud of witnesses, we can see that I left this family with God. And before long, when is their time, they will join me. If that doesn't happen, then where is the God that we are serving? So brethren, this morning, that is the simple message and the burden that I have. Let's seek God. Let's look for God and His righteousness. Let's look unto God and let these blessings flow from Him through our families. Because Isaac and Jacob saw the blessings of Abraham, they also saved God and set up altars wherever they went. It is possible. Father, this day, you haven't changed. You are still the same. We know of God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. Let it be said of us. Let our children talk about the God that their father served. Grandchildren talk about the God that their father served. Great-grandchildren, 30 or 40 generations after us, let them also talk about God. Father, we thank you. Help us, Lord, to let your name be established in our families. May we serve you to the end.